uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at First Peter uh, 1. And uh, uh, today, I'm starting off on the second uh, aspect of, of, of this uh, uh, study. I see this more as uh, a teaching, a teaching uh, 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 scripture. And I, I don't see myself uh, particularly as a teacher. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it, you know, the, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, uh, you have those who have been gifted to be teachers. Uh, you have those that have been gifted to be, to be encouragers, those who have been gifted to be, to, to, to be people of faith. Uh, you have those who have been gifted to, to exalt uh, and all that. And I think that we have very, I mean, fantastic uh, 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 teachers in, in the church here. And I think that the, the, the last uh, uh, couple of speakers have done justice to this scripture already. They've already laid the foundation, you know, excellently. And that is what I mean by good being teachers. You know, people who are, who are patient enough, they are able to just settle down and go through them step by step and say, this is A, this is B, this is C. You know, when you listen to me speak, I'm probably not like that. I just go on boom, 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 and all that. Yeah. And it's really because <laughs> I tend to spend more time when preparing uh, uh, for, 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 for preaching. I tend to spend more time uh, in just folding my hands and praying and just waiting for God. I probably will not write anything down until I, I am sure in my heart that this is what God wants us to hear or what God wants us to, to be talking about. So it te I tend to be very slow. Very, very slow in that. <laughs> I'm sure the men, the men know what I'm talking about. They're all laughing. You know, so Vic sometimes will ask me, are you ready? I say, I don't know. <laughs> and he, he tends to get, I think he just gets frustrated, you know. I don't know. <laughs> and, the, and the reality is that at the point I'm saying to him, I don't know, I really don't know. <laughs> No, my, my wife don't ask me such questions anymore because <laughs> you know, it's, she's, she's giving up on me in that regard. Because if you ask me, I'll tell you I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. You know, <laughs> in, you know in, in, in looking at this, at, at this uh, passage, First uh, Peter, I, I felt that even though today we are going to be focusing on verses 13 to, to 16, God will have us take a step back and really see him for who he is to us. You know, and it is in the very first uh, 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 two verses of this passage of First Peter that the message actually jumps out for me. Because everything else in First Peter 1 down to the very end is all about this, this person who is God and who is our Father. You know, it says in First Peter uh, 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 1 to say that who, are, who, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father. 
through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. The, 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 everything that Jesus did was about revealing God the Father to us. Everything he did was not about him. It was about God, our Father. Now, in, 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 in the scripture that we are going to be focusing on today, that is 1 Peter uh, uh, 1, 13 to 16, it says here, Therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober, I'm using the NIV, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you heard when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. The person who is talking there is God our Father. God is holy and he says we should be holy. You know, if you sat back and you look at that, that sounds very abstract. Holiness. What is holiness? How do you, be, how do you get holy? How do you maintain holiness? How, how do you even step into the realm of being holy? So God is holy. Yes. He's God. After all, he's not, he's not a man. He doesn't live in this same fleshy vessel that we carry about that is so corrupted. He doesn't, he doesn't have the feelings that we have because he's God. He doesn't, he doesn't live in the flesh. I don't know, sometimes people will have asked you, if you tell them, oh, you should, we should be like Jesus, hey, but Jesus was God, or he was the son of God. Therefore, he doesn't have the experiences that we have. But that is not true. Jesus left heaven, and he lived in the flesh. He took upon himself everything that is humankind. And the word of God says that he experienced everything that we also experience today. So he felt pain. He felt the need for anger. He felt the need for, for food. He lusted. He also desired to be rich, to be wealthy. And those were the things that Satan first brought to him. Do you want power? Just bow to me. Worship him. I will give you power. Do you want to be renowned? Just worship me. Are you hungry? Just turn this stone to bread. Do you want to show to the world that truly you are a superman? That you can jump down from skyscraper and you don't get hurt because God will grab you in his hands? So that people will know that you are superman, you know? Just worship me. So every kind of feelings that we think that we are challenged by today as people who live in the flesh, Jesus also had. And how did he overcome? Why was he able to overcome? What did he do? Let us look at this. When you look, analyze that scripture, 
uh, that we just read, that uh, 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 13 to 16. It says here, have the minds, have minds that are alert and fully sober. Have minds. Have minds that are alert. Your mind ought to be constantly alert and you should be sober. Two, set your hope on the grace that God has already prepared for you because he, that will be revealed when Jesus comes. Three, as obedient children, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, you as children of God, you have to live by a different standard. Say, do not be conformed to the evil desires you heard when you lived in ignorance. Number four, as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all. He didn't say in some. In all that you do. I have actually just unpicked that scripture one by one without changing one word. I've simply just broken it down. These are the things that Paul, by the Spirit of God, is asking us to do for us to step into the realm. Sorry, Peter, I'm sorry. I, I missed it up. Yeah, I told you I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> if, 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 if they are doing it, yes. Uh, Rebecca, Vic, David, yeah, they will teach very well. You know? <laughs> Praise God. Just, just ensure that you do this all the time. And then finally, he summarizes it. Be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. Now, if you look at John chapter 17, John 17, I'm not going to read uh, uh, that, that entire scripture. You will see what, what Jesus uh, uh, says, to, says, to, says there. Jesus was praying earnestly for the church. He was praying for the apostles and he was praying for us. He says, Father, I'm not praying only for these people who are with me now. I am praying for those who will believe in my name through them. He says here, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you have granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. This is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That they might know you as the only true God, as God the Father. That they might know you as God the Father. And Jesus went on and he showed us how he, he does it or how we should do it. It says here, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. That is simply Jesus telling us how, he, how he's been doing it. How, how he succeeded. How he was able to tell Satan, no. No, no. Three times he said no to Satan. And he ended by saying to Satan, man only must worship God, the Father. 
Man must worship only God, the Father. You cannot worship man, another man, and expect that you are going to nail it into the kingdom of God. Don't expect that because you see one big pastor, one big minister, probably that's not a problem among the English uh, Christians, but amongst uh, uh, the culture where I, I came from, you know, you can have a man of God who simply says, just sit down, uh, do what I say. You know, so you see all kinds of, of all kinds of behaviors, and also amongst a lot of the American Christians. Actually, you know, the, the a lot of Christ, Pentecostal Christianity in Africa is influenced by American Pentecostalism. So you find a lot of stuff that people do as ministers of the gospel that are completely out of tune with what scripture teaches. And therefore you have a lot of bad behavior amongst ministers of the gospel. Now, the danger in, this is, in, in that is this, that most of the time they are so powerful, they are so strong and so influential that their word is taken as the word of God. I don't know how many of you have seen the video of the man who say, who's getting people to write 666 on their bodies. Okay? And he declares himself as Jesus. He's in the U.S. He declares himself as Jesus. And so well denied, people are selling off stuff and handing over to him. He's so powerful. They do, I mean, his congregation do exactly what he tells them to do. They don't argue with him. No human being should and must take the place of God the Father, the Almighty, the one who gave us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. No human being must or should take his place in our lives if we wanted to be holy children of God. No, none of us and no person can see God. No one can step into his kingdom unless we live by the standard that he himself has set. It is so important that if we, as God's children, in this generation, we are talking about living as Christians in a post-Christian age. That is what this scripture is all about. That is what we have been talking about. Living as Christian, living as the children of the almighty God in a post-Christian age. In other words, you are going to have a lot of, a lot of things going on around and about us that are completely and totally ungodly. And some of them will be painted as instructions from God by people who are very powerful and very influential. The scripture is teaching us that we are not to do anything that is not God-ordained. Now, I want, to, I want to look at some examples. Some examples from, from, from scriptures. And we, we, read, we read them as well. So let's look at this. As I said, ju just in case you, you begin to doubt, which 
will happen to any of us. John chapter 1. It's for us to always remember this, that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have accepted him into your heart, you are a child of God. See, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right. He gave the right. He has given the authority, has given the power, has given the access to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of husband's will, but born of God. Just take that in, very quietly and simply. You have a born not of human conditioning. You are here today because God, the Almighty, created you and placed you here for his will and purpose. That is why you are a child of God. You are special. To be a child of the most high God, to be the child of the father of all creation, is a special, let's say anointing, or special calling, or you are special. You might not think so. You might, not, you might look at your situation or look at yourself and you say, nothing wonderful about me. I'm, I'm just, I'm just Philip. Oh, I'm just Dan. Oh, I'm just. Yeah. But you are not just. From the day that you gave your life to Christ, something significant happened. You were translated from the kingdom that is governed by the, by the spirit that rules in the affairs of the world. You were translated into the kingdom of the Almighty. You received a new calling. And God gave you his own name. You became so named after the name of the Almighty. So when you open your mouth and say, Habba, Father, or when you open your mouth and say, God, you are my Father, you are actually speaking truth to reality. Why, why is it important that you know this and that it really gets embedded in your heart? Because you pass through situations, we all pass through situations when, when that reality becomes challenged. All the time, it gets challenged in the world in which we live today. Hey, you are not supposed to declare that you are a child of God. Because if you did, you might be committing some crime. You might be offending somebody's sensitivities. You might, you know, you might just be speaking out of tune. You, you are not supposed to say it. Just keep it to yourself especially if you are a child of God, if you are a Christian. You are not supposed to say it, especially if you are a Christian. If you open your mouth and say, I am a Christian, I am born again, I am a child of God. In fact, if you began to hum to yourself and sing, you are offending somebody's sensibilities. But every other person in the age in which we live is free to declare what and who they are. I used to have a lab manager who gets upset all the time with me. Where I work now. When I'm in the dirty room and I'm all gowned up and I'm working, I sing. Between dictating into the machine, you know, I have this kind of thing around my ear and I'm dictating. But in between, when I'm examining stuff, I just begin to sing. 
And then she gets up, she bangs the door, and they tell me she's angry. I say, leave her alone. She doesn't bother me. <laughs> we all got used to ourselves. All right? So she knows when I'm doing my stuff, she can shut the door because I'm not going to stop. Because, I ha- you see, I have to encourage myself. I'm not disturbing anyone. I'm just doing my thing. You can do your thing. Praise God. It is not fashionable to do that. It is not fashionable to say that you are a child of God, that you are a Christian. And you might actually get into trouble for that in the world in which we live today. Brethren, I'm encouraging us to begin to look at ways of ensuring that we remain constantly, always constantly, keep reminding ourselves that we are God's children and that we have a purpose and the purpose is to be holy, like God our Father is holy. If we kept that as the focus of what our entire activities day by day is, in all of our engagements, we will always be kept from falling. And even when we fall, we will always be quick to claw our way back. If we don't keep that as a reality, what will happen is, in the world in which we live, we will soon become watered down and we'll begin to live like them. And when we fall, we'll begin to make excuses for our fall. Praise God. So we need to be encouraged. To know that there is a need for us to have that focus. The Bible says to us, clearly as we have seen, be holy as God, our Father, is holy. He said, I am holy, but holy. But holy. Holiness is not an abstract reality. Holiness is about walking in the steps of God the way Jesus has revealed him to us. So, when next you begin to ask yourself and say, what does it mean to be holy? How can I be holy? Ask yourself this question. What are the ways or, in, or what ways or what character does God display all the time? How did Jesus show him to us? says, therefore, come out from amongst them. I'm still talking, I'm still showing us something. Come out from amongst them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the almighty God. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. How can we be like God, our Father? I picked up this, this, this quote from a book written by Charles Finn, uh, Stanley. Say, in step with God, understanding his ways and plans for your life. And these, this is not just exact quote. Say, far too many people have a surface knowledge of God. They know something about him, 
but they do not know him. They wonder where is God? What is he like? Can I know him personally? Does he care about me? Yes, of course, God does care. God does care about you. And I, I thought I should pick examples of human beings, you know, everyone, people that were reflected in, in the Bibles. How? What did they do? I started with Paul here. Say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, speaking to, to, to the church in Philippians, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I'm sure every one of us will ask, how is that possible? How is that possible? How is it that I will spend all my time thinking about noble stuff, thinking about things that are just right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, things that are excellent, things that are praiseworthy, and I'm not going to have some dirty thoughts running into my mind. How is that possible? You see, the problem I figure that we as God's children, as Christians have most of the time, is that we don't, we don't, we don't admit that we must live in the reality. Therefore, when certain things are going through our minds, we run away from them or we don't accept them. I, just, I, I made a sentence just before I said this. I said, when dirty things come into our minds, that was a deliberate statement I just made. Dirty stuff coming into our minds. Do we, do we acknowledge that? That is a reality. You are working in a company that gives you access to money or certain information that can give you power or you are a boss in a particular office and you have certain powers and sometimes you sit down and begin to ask yourself, how can I take advantage of this? How can I take advantage of this money? How can I take advantage of this office? How can I take advantage of this, this person? Okay. As a man, you see a pretty girl walk past you and you say, oh, she's pretty, you know. In your mind, you say that. Many, many people tend to deny these realities and therefore they are not able to tackle and deal with the foundations and the seeds of sin growing in their hearts. The moment you live and choose to live in the reality as a child of God, when the devil throws these seeds at you, you attack them immediately because you are living in the reality. You are not, you are not deceiving yourself. You are not saying, no, I'm, you know, I'm a child of God. That doesn't happen. No, I'm, I'm a super Christian. I'm a superman. The Bible says that let he who thinks he stands take heed or else he falls. If you think you are a spiritual superman, be very careful. Because the fall will be mighty. The day he will trip you. You know what happens? When that happens, you will not own up. You will not even know to go to God. You will not be able to admit that 
something that you should not do has happened to you. And we live in a post-Christian nation or a post-Christian age where everything, for instance, is sexualized. Yeah? In my house, we have, every time we watch the TV together, we are advertising a car, and you see the picture of a pretty girl. And I say, what has a car got to do with a girl? Right? What is the deep, what is, I want, to, I want a car, just tell me, this car has this engine, this car can perform this, this car is beautiful inside, this car, why are you showing me the picture of a girl with a car? What do I need to do with that? How do you link them? And that is what you see all over. Yeah? They are advertising a perfume, for goodness sake, bring somebody to tell me, the perfume, the aroma is pleasant. No, they will show somebody who is pulling off their shirt, who is jumping into the water, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> what has that got to do with the perfume? <laughs> perfume and water. And they don't make sense to me. But let us teach ourselves to speak to the reality of the world in which we live and the many traps that the devil is laying before us to trip us and make us fall and set our ways into walking to hell. Because that is all that the devil is interested in. He wants to take us with him to hell. This is Moses. Moses was one of the, was a prince of Egypt. If you remember, he was very proud at the beginning of his life. Very, very proud. <coughs> but at the, at the end, he says that he was the meekest, the meekest man that ever lived. And he says here, this is what Moses was saying. Moses has seen everything about God. God has demonstrated his power, his presence with him in several ways. But towards the end of his ministry, as he led the people through the wilderness, he cried out to God. You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me Know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor in my sight. Then he says, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. That I may know you. That I may know you. You know, the follow-up to this request was that God revealed himself to Moses. He, he, he showed himself to Moses. That was, that was the follow-up to this. Say, show me your glory. Show me your glory. I want to know you. I want to see you. That should be the cry of our heart. That is what we should be struggling to do. And then David, a man who the Bible describes as one who is after God's heart. Here he's speaking in Psalm 42. I, I, mean, I encourage you to read that psalm. It's, it's, you know, say, as the deer pants for the streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. A passionate desire for this God. A passionate desire by a man who knew what it was like to, to be on the high and on to be on the low. A man who knew what it was like to be successful as a warrior and as a king. And who knew what it meant to fall and to have his family in complete disarray. And yet, in his heart, all the time, he 
he was striving for God. He constantly wanted more and more and more experience and exposure to God, his father. The more of God you have, the more of God you know, the more of God you, you become like, the easier it becomes to walk in holiness. Holiness will cease being an abstract subject. Holiness will become a reality. To walk in the reality of our Christian experience as the children of the, of the God of all creation means that we must constantly strive to be like God, our Father. And to be like God, our Father, means that we must also desire and ensure or strive for or pursue to have God revealed to us. I just thought I should list, you know, some of the characters of God that we should be imitating, all right? God is love. That scripture says that clearly. God is patient. God protects. God is merciful. God is compassionate. God knows how to comfort his people. God is gracious and he gives us peace. He forgives. He corrects and disciplines. God is impartial. Now, these should be how we want to be like. In other words, we should be people who love during the time of, of ministry, that word came. Okay? As a church. Dave was talking about that. As a church, having the love of God, really, really, you know, being real in our midst as a church. <laughs> we should be people who protect. We should be people who are patient. We shouldn't be given to quick annoyance and anger. There are people who are very proud of that. They say, you know me, you know, I get, I get angry easily, you know. I, I just get, I mean, I get angry easily. I don't mean it. Uh, I mean, I say it and it's gone. Don't say it. Because the words that you say are destructive when you are angry. The words that you say when you are angry, they are destructive. They, are, they never build. They never edify. And the Bible says, anyway, only the fool always demonstrates anger. You shouldn't, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't behave like that. Because as children of the Most High God, we are not fools. So tell, myself, tell yourself, I'm not a fool. Therefore, I'm not going to be angry. People will get, strive to get you angry. Just smile. Or you keep quiet. If you, if you don't know what to say, just keep quiet. Just shut up. If your mouth is just growing. <laughs> you know, there are people when, 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 when they, if you say one thing to them, before you say, they, they give you 10. You say one, they release 20. And they're always talking. They're always <laughs> all over the place. Their mouth never keeps quiet because they say, I'm angry. There are things that happen when you say the wrong things. One, you destroy lives. Two, you destroy your own life. Three, you contaminate your environment. You want to be a spiritual man. 
You want to be a person as a child of God who lives in the reality of God. The Father, learn to control your mouth. Praise God. We are going to be rounding up, and I really feel that we should, we should pray. Praise God. We should pray. I'm going to invite Vic to, to anchor that. I believe that as we have spoken, there are things that we have heard today that probably we don't, we have been thinking about, we didn't, just really couldn't understand. We didn't know how to handle. We, we, we know they are wrong, but we didn't know how to deal with them. But you see, you don't have to struggle to deal with them. The one who deals with them for you is God, your Father, if you just surrender them to him. I'm going to read a scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I will read verse 7. Say, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Amen. Amen.